All right, we got a really special episode this week. Um, I'm joined by not just Brad. I'm joined by one of our other good friends, Jeff Felton. Um, this week, we interviewed Tiffany Tippin. And so uh, I wanted to bring Jeff in because Jeff is an email expert. He's worked with us uh, on a couple of different projects. We always bring him in when we need like a real heavy hitter in the email space. And so Tiffany talked about email being a really huge part of their uh, the mommy labor nurse strategy. And uh, so I wanted to bring Jeff in and, and talk a little bit more specifically about uh, five types of sequences, five types of email sequences or email series that a brand should have. So this is going to be incredibly practical. If you're driving, uh, pull over and grab your uh, notes out of your phone. Uh, if you're at home, grab a pen and paper. This is going to be really, really practical uh, episode that you will hopefully leave with stuff that you can start working on immediately. Uh, so let's jump into it. Jeff, first of all, thank you for being here. Um, second, uh, can you just give us like a quick flyover of like, what is an email sequence or an email series just so kind of everyone listening is speaking the same lingo? Yeah, thanks for having me guys. Uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun to talk about this stuff. Uh, so in a nutshell, an email sequence is uh, an automated series of emails uh, that is usually attached to some sort of uh, action or what we would call a trigger. Uh, in some cases, it could be the download of a, a PDF or a lead magnet, um, maybe taking a quiz. Uh, sometimes uh, it could be you know, from viewing a certain web page or even from inactivity. But uh, yeah, in a nutshell, a, an email sequence is just a series of emails uh, that are written intentionally to achieve a specific purpose after an action is taken. Uh, and Jeff, let me ask you this too, because I think it's important to frame this. Is we have a we've had um, several people come to us that maybe have a product or they have a social following, but they're not doing email. Why, if you're if you're not doing email, why should you be doing email? Yeah, great question. Two big reasons. Number one is you don't own your social audience. Basically, if you are banking on social media uh, and your audience on social media, you're building your house on rented real estate, right? You don't own Twitter. You don't own Instagram. Um, somebody else does. And whoever owns that could snap their fingers and at any day, it's gone. Um, and you know, on that same note, uh, the algorithms change what daily. Um, and so, you know, you might have a uh, great engagement now, but, um, tomorrow, you know, you're struggling to get 5% of your viewers to see your posts. And so that's reason number one. Reason number two is that a lot of companies report, uh, an ROI from email, email marketing as high as like 40 X ROI. 40, 40 or 4,000%. I mean, it's ridiculous. The, the kind of ROI you can get from email marketing. And the reason is because if, if somebody subscribes to your email list, they're, they're bought into your brand. You know, it's easy to be kind of a social or passive social follower um, and not really engage with your brand. But if somebody subscribes to your email list, they're, they're, you know, at least a little bit more invested in your brand and thus a little bit closer to uh, purchasing. I heard Chase uh, Chase Diamond talk about this who, guy who we uh, I think we all probably follow on on Twitter, and he said that your email list is like an ATM. 
that you can go to and get get cash out of whenever you need it. The problem with an ATM is that you have to put the cash in ahead of time. You got to do the work. You got to build the ATM. You got to you got to stock it. You got to load it up. Um, and I just love that analogy because a really great email list is a, a huge revenue driver for any business. And so I'm excited to to jump in. We're going to talk through five uh, ways to kind of grow that ATM, right? Five different types of sequences. Um, that you can do uh, and any business can do. These are not, uh, this isn't an exhaustive list, but it's also not a, a complicated list, right? All of these things on here are really simple. They're things that you could implement today, this weekend, this upcoming week. Um, Jeff, let's jump in. Let's start with uh, with number one, which is the, the welcome sequence. Yeah, let's rock and roll. So uh, the welcome sequence is really kind of exactly what it sounds like. Um, when somebody signs up for your email list, uh, be it through a lead magnet, a quiz, um, a discount, any sort of opt-in, when somebody first becomes a subscriber, um, they should be welcomed warmly to your to your email list. Um, you know, it, it's it's just like any relationship, right? Like you're, you know, if if you meet a new friend, um, you know, and you want to continue that relationship, you want to. Um, nurture that relationship. You want to say hi. Uh, so typically a welcome sequence is five to seven emails. Uh, you deliver whatever offer it is that they signed up for. You introduce yourself or your brand. Um, and then you can kind of start getting into uh, potentially um, some sales aspects like overcoming objections and um, you know talking about the problem that your product solves. Uh, and, and and really just kind of introducing your your products and you know what what they can do for for your audience. I love it, Jeff. The second one is one that's been coming up a lot in conversation lately, and I feel like it's one. Maybe I'm wrong, but it just based on recent conversations, it feels like it's one many people are not using and they should. And that is the abandoned cart sequence. Oh, totally. Yeah, I mean, I I actually talked to an e-com brand out here in Washington. And they're um, a really, they're a pretty established company. I think they're a 17 million or $14 million company. Um, they just started their e-commerce program a couple of years ago. I think they do three, 3 million online. They do not have an abandoned cart sequence. And it, I was talking to this guy yesterday and it just blew my mind that they do not have an e-com or uh, abandoned cart sequence. And so I told him, I was like, man, like you guys could be raking in just extra cash. Um, on a daily basis from this abandoned cart sequence. And um, the reason is that I think I saw a statistic that the number is like 70% of carts are abandoned. Uh, and I don't know if that's e-commerce or just you know across the board, but 70% of carts are abandoned. That means that's a lot of missed opportunities uh, or a lot of opportunities to recapture people um, to purchase. And a lot of times when people abandon their carts, it's not because they're not interested. A lot of times they just got distracted. Something else came up. Um, you know, there are a lot of different reasons why somebody might abandon the cart. So yeah, that is like a huge opportunity to, I mean, it's low hanging fruit to, to capture people who are already interested in, and almost at the finish line. For sure. And, and for those of you that, that are listening and, and maybe you've heard that term or, or maybe you haven't, um, abandoned cart is probably the, the most technical on this list, right? The rest of them are pretty simple, like really basic trigger, like someone downloads something on your website. Abandoned cart is usually a little bit more technical to set up. Um, and, and really what we're talking about here is that a user has gone, they've initiated purchase, 
and then they have uh, typed in their email address in the checkout field. And then for whatever reason, they've left. I'm sure you've done it as a consumer and you've probably gotten, you know, uh, an email in your inbox that says something like, hey, we saw you checking out this item or hey, before you go, like here's 10% off or whatever, right? That's an abandoned cart email and you can do that as a sequence. So you could send it over a couple couple days or a week or, or whatever that needs to be. Um, but that's what abandoned cart is. Most um, e-commerce software like Shopify, WooCommerce, even Kajabi, Teachable, they all have that functionality native to the platform. Sometimes it's a little bit um, hidden in there, but just know that I would say 95% of e-commerce or digital uh, digital platforms have that natively built in, even though it is probably the most technical um, item on this list. Uh, so let's go ahead and say that the user has completed the purchase, right? So at this point, they've bought something from you. Um, talk to us, Jeff, about a post-purchase sequence. This is something that I would say of this list, like probably has the fewest uh, amount of buy-in. Like I, I, I know hardly any brands who do this or do it well. Yeah, and this is honestly one of my favorites on the list. Um, I think because it doesn't get enough attention, but I think it also has the potential to be um, a really, uh, I don't say cash cow, but like it has the potential to really also generate some, some good revenue. And there's a couple of functions of the post-purchase sequence. Number one, first and foremost, is to thank the person for buying. Thank you for, for your purchase. Uh, here's how you can get the most value out of it. So a lot of times you know, after the purchase, it's like, thank you. And then maybe deliver a couple of helpful blog articles that could be paired with it. Um, or, you know, just some tips for, for how to use it. But then the second function, and this is what I really love about the post-purchase is that you have an opportunity to cross sell or upsell. So if you have another course or another product, um, once somebody has you know bought the first course or, or product and they've had some time to sit with it and digest it they're going to be and assuming the course is good right you know they're going to be totally bought into you and they're going to think man like this is so good what else do they have and then you can say well i'm so glad that you asked i'm so glad you you're thinking about this we are too i think you'll really like this product or this course um, so for me, you know, there's a ton of opportunity here. I actually created a post-purchase sequence for a client a couple of years ago, and we kind of, we honestly made it kind of an, a never-ending loop, so that whenever they uh, purchase something, they would go through a sequence, and then if they purchased, they would go to another sequence. If they didn't purchase, they would go to another sequence, which would ultimately lead back to that post-purchase sequence. So they kind of got into this never-ending loop of always being emailed, always being thanked for their purchases. Um, yeah, I mean, it's really just a great opportunity to, you know, kind of maintain that connection and, uh, you know, um, keep people in the loop, I guess. And do you feel like that one's pretty underutilized? Yeah, I totally do. That's interesting, because like, what a great way to like, just build that relationship with that client. And because I was, I was on a webinar, I, I, it was an Amy Porterfield webinar, and she wasn't necessarily talking about a post-purchase sequence, but it was just this act of building that, immediately building that relationship as soon as purchase is made. And she was saying that anything you can do to really build that trust, that level of, um, or that, that value with that client, it can triple the lifetime value of, of a customer. And I'm sure the post-purchase sequence is pretty similar. Yeah. I mean, like I said, you know, that relationship building is obviously incredibly valuable, but, you know, 
uh, hitting people when they have that buy-in and and cross-selling or upselling them again is just you know untapped potential for sure. Oh, sure. And okay, so number four on this list is one everybody should have, and a lot of businesses do. But the question I have is, are they doing it right? And that is the nurture sequence. Yeah, and a nurture sequence can look different in a lot of ways. But the 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 general idea behind a nurture sequence is that uh, it's you're not really selling. Um, it, it's more like you, like you were talking about just kind of maintaining and nurturing that relationship. Um, you know, the best, the best email lists are a tribe of loyal raving fans, not just, um, a list of subscribers or customers. It's important that you remember that. And, you know, so in keeping with that idea, you know, in any human, normal human relationship, there's nurturing involved, right? Like there's just um, you know, an aspect of, of providing value and engaging with people. And so, um, a nurture sequence again, can look totally different. You know, one way is that it could just be, you know, a series of blogs, you know, say you have, you know, a couple dozen blogs on your website, you know, a great way to do just a simple nurture sequence is just to drip out one blog, uh, automatically once a week, you know, um, Another way is a, a newsletter. Um, I newsletters are, are kind of coming back around, uh, but they're a little bit different than than they used to be. They're not um, company bulletin boards anymore. They're um, more about uh, tapping into an aspirational identity of your audience and helping them solve problems. Um, but newsletters are a great way. You know, they are just you know just jam packed with value. People love getting that information. Um, they love engagement and, and helpful tips. So really, you know, nurturing is just, and I would say that nurturing actually leads to more sales. Uh, quick story. I did one of these for, uh, an e-commerce brand that I owned a few years ago. It was, it was, uh, roasting and selling coffee online. And I did a, um, a year long sequence where every week I had sent, sent out a coffee tip and people loved it. I didn't sell. Um, but people loved it. I would constantly get responses. Uh, back saying, thanks for this tip. I'm going to implement it, man. This really helped. And you know what? I get sales from that too. You know, just people seeing those emails and, and feeling like they're getting value from me, um, uh, prompted them to buy. Or sometimes it was just a reminder of seeing our brand name in the inbox, um, to go, to go buy their coffee again. So when do you take the, for the free nurture, um, when do you level that up to a paid newsletter? Great question. I'm exploring that myself. I'll get back to you on it. <laughs> I've read some stuff online saying like, <laughs> like maybe a ballpark would be if you get three to 5,000 people on your free newsletter or nurture sequence, that's when you might want to consider making it a paid option. Yeah. Um, and th that's really tricky to do. You know, like I, like I mentioned, I'm kind of right in the heat of exploring that um, and, and doing it well. So, and we can, we can, you know, this might be getting a little off topic, but I talked to a guy yesterday about it. And, you know, he said that one of the, one of the biggest mistakes that people make with paid newsletters is that they assume that the audience just wants more, more of the stuff, more content, blah, 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 blah. Um, and those newsletters really kind of tank. Um, but the people, the newsletters that people are paying for are newsletters that are different. So, for example, instead of, um, you know, just a, pay, a paid newsletter where you're offering up tips and strategies, <clears throat> um, 
people may not necessarily pay for that, but they will pay for a newsletter where you say, this is how I do it. This is exactly how I do it. So yeah, it's, it's really kind of an interesting dynamic there. Uh, and I don't know the, the size amounts three to 5,000 is probably a good, a good ballpark there, Brad. We'll have to have you back Jeff and, and talk about paid newsletters. Cause I, I think that's a, obviously where the world of email marketing is going. And um, I think it's also a great opportunity to almost do like paid leads, right? Where someone's paying you a small amount to to be a lead of yours, and then you can sell them, you know, other other products in the future. Um, okay, so l- let's go ahead and, and get close to wrapping up here. Number five is the win back sequence. Can you just talk about that for a minute? Yeah, of course. Uh, so the win back is another kind of underutilized uh, sequence. And this works really well when you have more than one product or more than one course. Um, and so the, the general idea is that getting the first purchase is the hardest, right? Like it, the hardest thing to do is get somebody to become a customer the first time. That's why a lot of times people have very low dollar offers as their first offer. Anyway, getting off track. Um, so the idea is that with the WinBack campaign is that you target people who have already bought from you, who have already made that leap to becoming a first-time customer. Remember, that's the hardest one. But maybe they haven't bought from you in a while. Maybe they bought one course or one product a year ago, and you haven't. It's kind of been crickets since. The WinBack campaign is designed to um, get them to make that second purchase. Right? It's a whole lot easier to and a whole lot cheaper to get repeat customers than it is to get new customers. And so the idea of the winback sequence is to capture people who uh, have already shown interest, who have already indicated trust of your brand, um, but just have not purchased in a while. So good. I love it. We have um, a blog that you've written on this same topic, five must-have email marketing automations for e-commerce and course creators uh, with some examples as well. So I know you're able to kind of like riff and, and talk about it. Uh, but if you are listening and you prefer to read, um, you can visit that blog, which we'll link in our show notes. Um, Jeff, thank you for being here. Where can people find you? Do you have anything, uh, anyways, for them to get on your email list? Um, what's, what's next for people who are listening? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you can always find me on Twitter and, and Instagram. I spend a good bit of time on Twitter these days. Um, but you can head to my website, uh, www.contentremedy.co and uh, grab, I have an email marketing checklist. It has all the things uh, from just getting started all the way through, uh, you know, kind of some, I guess, what you could call like all-star pro seek tips and copywriting tips too. It's it's really kind of A to Z, everything that you need uh, to check off to have a super solid email marketing program. Love it. Jeff, you're a gentleman and a scholar and you have a beautiful beard. I think <laughs> unless you've shaved it recently, then I take it back. Um, thank you for, uh, thanks for being here. Always appreciate your time and um, just super grateful to get to know you and uh, work alongside you. Yeah, it was a pleasure guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Jeff.